0: This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio.
1: And on tunein.com, ping.fm, and Upsnap Mobile.
0: Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to Seek Reality Radio with Roberta Grimes joyous conversations about what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about your reality you have nothing to fear you are eternal and you are perfectly loved knowing the truth changes everything now here is Roberta
2: There is just one beautiful reality. Of course, it's not the clockwork reality mainstream science tells us it is, and they're so in the weeds, by the way. It's very sad to say, but it's also not the beliefs-based reality that comes from Christianity that was was put forth two thousand years ago, and people then figured, well, that must be the last word on reality. No, it wasn't. In fact, the greatest source of information about reality now is the 200 years of abundant and consistent communications we have from people we used to think were dead. When we put what they tell us together with what we can glean from quantum physics and from the teachings of Jesus, put it all together, we begin to glimpse a reality that's more wonderful than our most optimistic imaginings. It all fits together perfectly. Believe it or not, when you actually open your mind and and look at what's true, look at reality, it all fits perfectly. And its most important fruit is the fact that you are a powerful, eternal being. Your mind is eternal. It cannot die. It never began. It never will end. That's who you really are. Our wonderful guest for the second time is the lovely Maria Pei. She's just an extraordinary human being. I met Maria two years ago at an afterlife conference in Scottsdale. And less than a year before that, both of her beautiful, beautiful young sons were, had been murdered by their own father. Now, like me, perhaps you feel if something like that happened to you, it would break you. Well, it didn't break her. Uh, instead, when I met her, this is less than a year later, she was already working on communicating with her children and processing her grief in extraordinary ways. She's going to be a presenter at the ASCS conference in July. Go to ASCSI.org for more information, and we'll talk more about the conference a bit later today. But welcome back, Maria. I'm so thrilled to have you here.
1: Thank you, Roberta. I'm thrilled to be back.
2: Tell us, uh, for people who haven't heard you speak before, tell us a little bit about the tragedy that that started you on this journey.
1: It was on June 21st of 2011 that my ex-husband, uh, the father of my two sons, Sean and Kyle, who were 15 and 13 at the time, oh, uh, Lord. he killed them um, and it was it was it, very tragic um it was um headline news they had um, been put to sleep he had gone had given them some ambience so they could sleep quite deeply and then he had he had shot them when they were sleeping and ultimately shot himself so that was the beginning of my journey. It was oh. a pretty traumatic oh. beginning,
2: <laughs> oh my lord. And so you found out about this, you were called by the police then?
1: You know, Roberta, I actually uh, was getting ready for work. Now, I shared custody of my sons uh, with my ex-husband, so he had them. And I was just it was just a normal day for me. I was uh, getting ready to go to work, and I normally have the news on. So I was just about ready to switch off the TV, and <gasps> the news story that came on was murder-suicide in Bonita, which is about six miles away from my house. And I saw it and looked and saw that um, there was a a shot of the house across the street from my ex-husband's home. And I just started to panic and thought, you know, this can't be. Um, So I tried to call everybody's cell phone, everybody's home phone, and, of course, I wasn't getting through to anybody. And that's when I really just, panicked and and got in my car and drove down there and that's when I found out about what had happened.
2: Oh my lord. Um, Okay. Um, You obviously were getting support from your friends, but you were in very deep grief. Um, You were separated from him. Were you divorced?
1: Yes. Yes, I'd been divorced for several years actually. And I thought we had an amicable uh, relationship in terms of Co parenting our our son. So, this was a surprise to everybody, and I mean literally everybody. I think that, you know, maybe there were some issues of mental or psychological issues, obviously, that my ex husband had, but I don't think anybody, including myself, thought that he would ever harm the boy.
2: No, 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 Lord. But he took his own life too, so clearly he had been troubled. Um, yeah, you think it was spite against you that made him do that or was I think he there trying was,
1: to? I think there was definitely anger and frustration about his own situation um, yeah. and certainly anger towards me. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised about that. I think there was also a feeling that he didn't want to continue living on the earth plane and he didn't want the boys to either. I think he believed that he could just take them all with him.
2: So he was, in, in a sense, perhaps also trying to be protective of them.
1: Yes. Wow. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that he, he absolutely loved those boys. And I think that's part of what makes it very difficult for people to to really wrap their minds around what happened.
2: Right. Right. Oh, my. Well, all right. So you... The, the the journey that you began then, um, because I met you, I think, in March of the following year. So you were only 10 months into this journey. Yeah. And when to meet you then, one would never have known you had been through this hell. Um, how did you make that kind of journey in just 10 months? Where How did you begin? How does somebody perhaps listening now who's had a tragedy... Um, where, what's the first step you even took to get to where you ended up only 10 months later?
1: Well, obviously, I was in shock when, for a while after this had occurred. And anybody who's lost a child or somebody they, they deeply love, they know how traumatic it is, how, how helpless you feel and not knowing where to turn. And, and for me, too, I think it was especially difficult because I didn't, I didn't have a very strong spiritual practice at that time. You know, I would I was in what I would call kind of a mainstream lifestyle where I was kind of focused on my career, my children, and making sure I did everything right to give them, you know, a proper upbringing and lifestyle, send them to college, all those things that we think about right. that are on the material plane. Right. So it was very difficult for me, and I didn't know where to turn. I also didn't really have much of a religious practice either. So um, for me, obviously, it was very deep grief to the point where, you know, almost physically unbearable. And I think when you get to a state like that, you just have to let yourself surrender to it. And yeah. something in me just intuitively, and I think now I know this, that spirit, soul, whatever you want to call it, that, that eternal essence that, uh, that we are, mm-hmm. kind of saved me, I think. And my boys certainly came to me. Very soon thereafter, as well and in mostly in a form of color, I would see a lot of color when I would close my eyes um, and i I dreamt a lot about them, but I also knew that was something there had to be something more than than just grief, and I don't want to trivialize grief, obviously it's very no. important, but I felt like I just can't sit in this grief, I need to do something, I need to figure this out, I need to learn. I need to, and intuitively I knew my boys, my boys were somewhere. They just weren't here physically, physically with me, but I knew they were somewhere. And so I thought, you know, I need to figure out where they went and what they're doing and how I can still have a relationship with them because I knew my relationship was not over. Yes.
2: Wow. That's just, that takes such courage to even contemplate frankly, going forward without them in your life. But yeah, uh, But having that kind of hope immediately when you weren't religious, that's extraordinary too. And that must have been support from them that was giving you that conviction.
1: Absolutely. Because, like I said again, Roberta, they they came to me very quickly and I I knew somehow that it was them. And the next step for me was really just trying to um, understand a little bit better and learn how to communicate better. Um, And that's when I... um, contacted a uh, shamanic practitioner is, I guess, the best word for her, somebody mm-hmm. that that I knew through a friend. And, again, intuitively, I just had a sense that she could help me. Be. I'd only met her once, and I really didn't remember her, but for some reason her name popped into my head, and I thought, you know, I think she could help me. And I came to this without even really knowing what she did. Uh, and she was the one that, that helped me... Um, through some of what I call spiritual boot camp. <laughs> yeah, like, You know, learning um, how to meditate, learning how to open my spiritual body up to receive communication from them. And she also uh, told me, you know, your sons are learning too, so you got to be patient because um, it's not like they're going know to know how to do everything. Yes. They're learning on yes. the other side as well as you're learning on this side.
2: Well, one of the things we just want to mention is that once people die, they, their minds become more powerful. Our brains are almost a limiter on our minds. So, But they're, they're more powerful, but they don't know anymore. As, as she said to you, they don't know any more than they, than they knew when they were here. But they're quick learners. And one of the things that we know is that they will put ideas into our minds. So for them to have you think of her and think, oh, I sh- she can probably help me, that was them putting that notion into your mind. It's important people understand that kind of an intuition that comes from the dead. They're helping us in these ways. So that's great.
1: Yes. I've had that happen so many times, Roberta. And now I've learned to trust it as, yes, as guidance, as help, as, you know, spirit speaking to me and to not discount it. It's so so easy to say, Oh yeah, I guess, you know, I thought of that, like thinking that, you know, we're so brilliant that we come up with these ideas. But <laughs> right. so much inspiration really is divine inspiration.
2: And if we trust it, we get more of it. If we say basically, in our, you say aloud even, you know, I'm, I'm getting uh, getting an intuition here that I think is coming from um, uh, someone I love. Uh, and thank you. And I'm going to follow it. And please keep guiding me. They'll do it more if you encourage them, if you you know, anybody will get discouraged if they're ignored. If you ignore them, they won't keep doing it. So you wisely gave in to this impulse, and you went to this this practitioner. And, what, and tell me what happened then.
1: Well, what I did is I spent uh, several days with her, and we started doing some basic meditations. Actually, you know, before I went to see her, because we had to, we had to arrange for a time for me to go and, and spend time with her, she gave me homework, and this is some of the best homework I've ever had is, just to sit quietly for 10 minutes at a time as often as I could and close my eyes and just listen. Listen and feel. And um, during those meditations, I think I started to learn how to um, open up and and receive, but also the listening part, I think, when I look back on it, it helped to take my intellectual part of me and give it something to do. So it wouldn't... Interfere with, <laughs> with, with receiving um, inspiration or, or, or messages. So that was the homework that I and I would do. Try to do that several times a day, and I found that I really started to connect with Sean and Kyle, um, having um, just a sense of them, a color, a feeling of them, and I trusted it. She said, "Just don't judge it at all. Just trust it. Write down whatever you, whatever you're feeling, whatever you're hearing, and and just go with that." And I did, and I completely trusted her on that.
2: Yeah, um, and,
1: and we had some discussions beforehand um, where I would ask her about, well, what are they doing? You know, what, when can I talk to them? And, and she said to me, don't you want to talk to them yourself? Don't you want to ask them a question? It made me realize that she was going to give me tools so I could have direct communication with wow, them. I didn't yes. need to have somebody else you know, talk to them and then tell me yeah. what they said. Um, yeah. So that was important to me because that's part of continuing the relationship. Yeah. So when I spent this time with her, we she taught me how to do journey meditation so that we could actually go to a place that I created, a sacred place, where I could meet with the boys and actually interact with them, see them, touch them, kiss them, and, you know, spend time with them.
2: And when you met with them, they were real. They were themselves. They They were were solid. They were real people. Yes. It was all real.
1: It was all real. Yeah. And it was, um, it was definitely a, a, a new experience for me because I was, had ascribed to the whole idea that the material world was the real world. And I learned and realized that that's not the case. And this is this is yeah. just our temporary. Uh, yes, school, it isn't even solid. It. So that, there's nothing yes. really you can say about it that's
2: that's real.
1: Yeah, but the amazing thing was that to, to to feel the essence and the energy of them versus, but also the solid. If I wanted to, and they would yeah. come in in very various different forms, uh, different ages, different appearances, and sometimes they were just pure energy. And I, but I knew it was them.
2: I think it's very important that everyone listening understand the only thing that exists is mind mind is created is is the source of creation it has created everything we think is real and our minds are part of mind and are all connected. So when we have an experience, and we'll, when we come back, we'll talk more about Maria's experience. But when we have an experience which seems to take place in our minds, it can be as profoundly real as anything that seems to be taking place in an external reality. Um, and there are several ways now that practitioners are teaching people to have this experience, these experiences. But what's wonderful is Maria has learned to do it on her own. Uh, meanwhile, we're we're going to come right back. Uh, my name is Roberta Grimes. You're listening to seek reality on the contact talk radio network every week at this time we spend an hour together working to better understand the one glorious reality in which we all live we'll be right back
0: if you want to know more about what really happens when we die or If you're just curious about some of the things discussed on Seek Reality Radio, come and join the friendly seekers at AfterlifeForums.com. Roberta Grimes administers a growing community in an atmosphere of love and acceptance. It really is possible to know the truth. Give yourself the gift of understanding. Share your thoughts with people who are eager to listen. Finally, get your big questions answered. Afterlifeforums.com. The truth about your own eternal nature turns out to be even more wonderful than your most optimistic hopes. When Roberta Grimes studied the afterlife evidence, she learned a lot more than what happens when we die. She also discovered that we actually are perfectly loving eternal beings. To help us explore who we really are, she's begun a multi-generational fictional saga that she calls Letters from Love. Letter from Freedom and Letter from Money begin the series, and Letter from Wonder is due in the fall. They read like fantasy romance, but they are the glorious truth. Also, enjoy Roberta's My Thomas, the beautiful tale of Thomas Jefferson's marriage. Her new novel, Rich and Famous, is a romance set in the go-go 80s. Check out robertagrimes.com to learn more. Knowing the truth about our eternal lives changes everything.
2: Welcome back to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes on the Contact Talk Radio Network. Our guest is a beautiful, beautiful mother. Maria Pay lost her children, um, three years ago in a tragic way and she turned that, that disaster into a triumph in her life. Um, I, my, I'm in awe of this woman and I think that if you're listening, you're, you're in awe as well. Now tell me, Maria, you, you, even at that, right at the beginning, you, as I recall when we last talked about this, you were meeting with them in this place that you had created, and it, it was real, and they were real, and they talked to you. And what were the first things they told you?
1: Well, the first things they told me were assuring me that they were okay, which is obviously very important to a mother, yes. Uh, that they were still with me, the other very important thing. Yes, and and that that um, that I would be okay here on Earth realm. That 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 I I needed to stay here. I still have work to do, and yeah. to trust that there is a plan. There is something more. I'm not privy to it. I can't be, because otherwise, what's the point of being here? Yes. Um, so messages like that. That just a lot of assurance and um, making sure I I knew and I felt and. Um, I could sense them, and that I knew that they were they were with me and, and helping me, and they have been doing that uh, ever since I was in, have been in contact with them. Uh, so those were the probably the most important messages that they could give me. And you know they're playful kids; they were playful here, and and certainly still very playful in spirit, and have a great sense of humor. So um, they would kind of take a lot of pleasure in in taking me. Um, in the spirit world a little bit. And and when I say spirit world, I don't want to say the other side because that's not the sense I had. It it was more of a place where we could meet that was, well, again, I call it the upper realm. Um, But I don't want to say it was the other side because I think if I had gone to the other side, then I wouldn't be here anymore. Yes. Um, But but again, I don't know for sure.
2: What seems to be the case, and I don't think anybody can say for certain, what seems to be the case is that uh, to get to the actual afterlife levels is a one-way trip. Uh, people who have near-death experiences or people like you, Maria, who uh, are, are able to meet with their loved ones, um, do it in a sort of intermediate place, a, a safe place um, that isn't fully into the afterlife. And if you go into it, you don't get to come back. Um, and people who have near-death experiences will often get to a place and be told, "If you go any farther, you won't be able to come back." And you kind of had that with your sons too, as well, didn't you? That they said, "Yeah."
1: That- I definitely. I had a uh, again the place that I called the the upper realm. It was a a garden where we would meet. They would they would come from wherever they were coming from, and I would come up to where the upper realm yes. is, and we would meet there. Yes. And it was a place where they were able to obviously manipulate their energy, and so they had fun, kind of lifting me up, and and then we, uh, you know, taking me kind of around this garden and um, showing me things that they could do. Um, my son Sean uh, loved the fact that he could do this um, teleportation, where he could just, <laughs> you know, kind of almost like a Star Trek thing, where. He <laughs> he could beam himself around and and so obviously their their abilities as spirits is um, much greater than than uh, what we can do in our physical physical shells uh, so we would have experiences uh, like that and, and, it was and they told so, you what
2: they're doing with their time there not that there is time there which there there I, isn't time.
1: You know, my son, Sean, um, is, does quite a bit related to music. I think he does a lot of inspiration for musicians and artists, and I know they're inspiring. Uh, he's inspiring classmates because I I see it every day when I, I visit over at school and see the projects that students are working on. I've had that validated from uh, mediums as well. So I know that they're definitely inspiring wow. people with the messages of peace and love. And then Kyle does a lot more, I think, with light. Uh, he talks always about pinpoints of light and energy and working. I think somehow a little bit more scientifically, maybe inspiring uh, scientific mind. So I know now they've got a lot of work talking to do.
2: teenagers here, folks, but obviously very advanced people nonetheless, never mind yeah. what age they were when they left. Wow.
1: Yeah, they're definitely have. Uh, well, I've heard them t- referred to as old souls, and I certainly had that feeling uh, when they were born as well. So yeah, um, yeah. I think they're doing a lot of exciting things, and uh, <laughs> they a lot of t- oftentimes they would tell me, "Mom, we, you know, you got work to do. Go, you got to go back, and we got we got our stuff we're working on." So I know that again, I trust that this is all this experience is something that that I was meant to have, and so I, I try to accept that and knowing that um, we are all these indestructible souls so what yes. what has happened on earth realm as difficult as it may be to experience and to accept um, i take comfort in the fact that they still exist yes
2: they
1: still exist
2: um, and and that, and you can meet with them whenever you feel the need. You're not yes. doing it as much anymore though, right?
1: You sort of That's right. With yeah. Uh you know what I, I think I spent about thirteen months where I was very regularly going doing these meditations to the upper realm, I'd say every third day. And during that time frame I was writing and recording everything that I was experiencing, both in in this that um that consciousness when I was visiting them and also here on earth. And as you know, I wrote a book about it and I actually started writing it uh, about a year after, after they had passed. Um, I think I had just started talking about it when we had met, uh, yes. in, I think April of 2012. So that right. obviously was part of my work is to write this book so that other people uh, can can be helped and can heal from other, you know, Profound losses that that they may have experienced, and knowing that it's you're going to be okay. We're here to do something, and um, the fact that our loved one is gone doesn't mean that they've they've left us. It's, I believe it's just all part of a bigger plan. That that is yes. uh, something that I'm not going to mess it up. That's what I always tell myself. You know, I've got to keep yeah. going. I know I'm meant to be here for quite a bit longer. Uh, I, and again, we're talking earth years, so uh, yes. earth years seems like a long time, but it's it's really not in, in the scheme of um, spirit world where there is timelessness, as we know. And, and,
2: and in, even in your life, which is eternal, this is just a rough day in school, that's all this is.
1: Yeah, uh, boy, I'm, <laughs> I'm having a hard lesson, but I... <laughs> right, I, you picked a toughie, i got to say. Yes. But, but I've learned how to honor you're, that. You're, What's amazing to me is that
2: even though you have probably the toughest possible thing to go through that anybody could go through, you are acing it out. I could never do it. You're very strong. I love seeing that kind of strength in someone and triumph in someone's life. It's so fabulous to see, Maria.
1: Thank you. And I know I have to give some of that credit to my son, to spirit, my own soul essence, and the guidance that I receive.
2: Let's talk a little bit about the conference, which is now upcoming, July 10th to 13th, 2014 in Scottsdale, Arizona, the 38th annual conference of the Academy for Spiritual and Consciousness Studies, which has always been a very uh, sort of small kind of semi-elite organization of people with intense interest in uh, not just the afterlife, but all these uh, more esoteric uh, subjects. They were new age before there was a new age. Um and now the academy is opening it's opening itself to the world and the world is saying great we're happy to come in the new conference the one in, in july is called new developments in afterlife communication and what's beautiful for me about it is i've been involved in planning this for a year there's all kinds of stuff going on in afterlife communication i had no idea about Um, Maria is just one of many, actually, wonderful presenters who are going to talk about ways that you can communicate with your dead loved ones that you never dreamed were possible. Um, And we'll talk about at the conference about why these things are true and how they're possible. It all fits together and it fits with what we understand to be true about the one greater reality that's the only reality that exists. The universe is a little part of it. Um, but. To be able to hear from people like Maria who have been through these tragedies, and maybe you've had your own tragedy, and then to be able to process what they've done and to apply it to your own life and have similar experiences is is a wonderful triumph for anybody. Even if it's only a short day in school, it's a long day. If you've lost someone and you're grieving, you need to be able to get past the grief, and there are so many good ways to process grief and put it into the perspective it needs in what's eternity. And we're together for eternity. We're separated for a minute. If someone goes a little ahead of us, gets to go home from school at noon, and we, don't, we still have to wait till the bell rings at 3, it's still such a short time that we're separated when you compare it to eternity.
1: Yeah, Roberta, I think this is going to be a fantastic conference, and I'm, I'm so honored to be included uh, with this group of presenters And again, like you said, the focus is um, new developments and afterlife communications. And it's a big learning experience for me just to to see some of these presenters and and read some of uh, what they're working on and, uh, you know, really giving practical tools to people on different things they can try, different methods, different, um, you know, ways to communicate with with loved ones. And I think it's... um, Certainly, a, a new for me. I've never seen a, a conference like this before. But I think it's so, it's so hopeful uh, for people, and also practically, you know, and on a practical level, very helpful to give us some tools for our spiritual toolbox.
2: Yes, that's that's a good way to put it. Um, there, there are attendees coming from as far away as New Zealand, Korea. Presenters coming from. Australia, the wonderful Victor Zamet, and also Brazil. You mentioned Sonia Rinaldi, whose name I never can say on the first try, um, who is doing some very cutting-edge things with electronic afterlife communication. I've heard some of the recordings. They're unbelievable. Um, But all of these things are happening, and they're happening today, and learning about them, changes anybody's perspective on what's actually going on. There's a book, actually, that that Maria and the other presenters have put together ahead of the conference. It's called Afterlife Communication. It's available on Amazon. I urge you to go and get a copy. It's, again, called Afterlife Communication and see how many different ways this group of presenters has been working on, has come up with. That we we can use to communicate with our dead loved ones, and it, we don't just have to communicate with it through a medium. Although there will be mediums there, and that's available to us, but there's so many other ways too that are highly personal. As you said, Maria, when you when you are grieving them and missing them, you wanted to be directly in contact with them, be able to. Yeah, and I, them. I'm
1: not sure that I even consciously, uh, from my from my human perspective, thought of that. Because um, I have to tell you too, Roberta, I didn't even know what a medium was. I was not interested in this whole subject of afterlife at mm-hmm. all. I didn't have any knowledge of it. So I didn't even think about like trying to find somebody to communicate. Now, of course, when when I heard from my friend uh, that her sister Marcy had, you know, visited the boys, I just was like, what? How do you do that? And, and so I just wanted to explore ways for me to have a direct communication and I think the key was just trusting intuition to, to lead me to where um, I needed to go to have this experience so um yeah it was it was it's been uh, very eye opening, and I think in some ways, well in a lot of ways, um, who I am now is a much deeper and richer person. Uh, i'm sure any parent would agree with me and say well i I'll, I'll trade that all back in a second and yes. i would um yes. but I know that this experience has given me um i guess gifts if if you will um gifts that uh very profound gifts um but gifts nonetheless even as difficult as yeah the journey some has gifts been. are
2: painful to receive, but they are gifts nonetheless. Yeah. tell us the title of your book and that's available on amazon too right
1: yeah i just put it uh got it up on amazon in, in february and it's called journey to the upper realm how i survived the loss of my son or i'm sorry how i survived the deaths of my sons and learned to communicate with them on the other side
2: wow um, that's a and it, that's a mouthful but that's that's what it's
1: about for sure and that's exactly what it's about and it's basically um my experiences day-to-day as they were happening for about, yeah, 13 months after my sons were killed, and uh, again, this was, to me, a divine directive. I didn't think about, oh, I should write a book about this. Uh, it, it was just an uh, insistent message to me, start writing, Mom, you need to write, you need to share yeah. this story. So it is available on Amazon, but it's also available on my website, which is Sean, S-E-A-N, and kyleimaginefund.com, and you can download it off the website in a pdf or kindle format for free so you don't have to buy the book But you can just it's it's meant to be shared and that's exactly what I'm I've been trying to do with it
2: and maria's name is maria m a r i a and her last name is spelled p e maria pay so again maria and then her last name is p e so you can just if you go to Amazon, you can find her that way as well, um, and it's Sean and Kyle S E A N A N D K Y L E, and then Imagine Fund I M A G I N E F U N D. So it's a, it's a it's a long website name.
1: I know. Um, I'm it's, sorry. It's long, but it just it had to be that for some reason. I just went with uh, again the intuition that told me. That's what but
2: there's a be. wonderful reward when you get there, and it's .dot com. There's a wonderful reward when you get there, which is that you you hear the wonderful, wonderful John Lennon song um, about what could be possible if we stop fighting and we start loving one another. Um, this, and that
1: is the message from my sons. That is their uh, what they want me to spread the word about about nonviolence um, and. Uh, so you can get more information on the website about Sean and Kyle, and about some of the projects that uh, I'm working on through the Imagine Fund. And um, the other thing I want to mention, Roberta, too, is that the the profits that that um, I get from the book are donated to the Imagine Fund as well.
2: And we're going to be taking a break in just a minute or so. And once we do that, when we come back, we'll talk about some of the things that Maria's doing now because. Uh, life goes on, and we process things, and as we do process those things, we begin to see more clearly what the next steps are in our journey. So we'll we'll talk with Maria in a minute about what her next steps are. You're listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes on the Contact Talk Radio Network. You are a powerful, eternal being. Your mind is eternal. You never began. You never will end, and knowing that changes everything. Our guest is a beautiful mother, Dame Maria Pay, and we'll be right back.
0: Grimes studied the afterlife evidence, she learned a lot more than what happens when we die. She also discovered that we actually are perfectly loving eternal beings. To help us explore who we really are, she's begun a multi-generational fictional saga that she calls Letters from Love. Letter from Freedom and Letter from Money begin the series, and Letter from Wonder is due in the fall. They read like fantasy romance, but they are the glorious truth. Also, enjoy Roberta's My Thomas, the beautiful tale of Thomas Jefferson's marriage. Her new novel, Rich and Famous, is a romance set in the go-go 80s. Check out robertagrimes.com to learn more. Knowing the truth about our eternal lives changes everything. If you want to know more about what really happens when we die, or if you're just curious about some of the things discussed on Seek Reality Radio, come and join the friendly seekers at AfterlifeForums.com. Roberta Grimes administers a growing community in an atmosphere of love and acceptance. It really is possible to know the truth. Give yourself the gift of understanding. Share your thoughts with people who are eager to listen. Finally, get your big questions answered. Afterlifeforums.com. The truth about your own eternal nature turns out to be even more wonderful than your most optimistic hopes.
2: Welcome back to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes on the Contact Talk Radio Network. We're, we're talking with Maria Pay, who uh, turned the tragedy of the murder of her two young sons, beautiful boys, we, there's, there are pictures of them on the website, um, turned that tragedy into a force for good in the world. Tell us what you're doing now, Maria.
1: Step by step, following my intuition and to guide me to the projects and things that I, I need to do, whatever Whatever the work is that I need to do. The first thing I did, I think, which was part of my my purpose here, was to write this book and to share it. Um, we mentioned the book already. So part so, of let's that say is. Say the title again. Let's say the yeah, title again. Journey, Journey to the Upper Realm How I Survived the Deaths of My Sons and Learned to Communicate with Them on the Other Side. Perfect. So that um, was part of it's, probably it, my.
2: It's available on Amazon.com, obviously, and Maria Pei, P-E, is her name. So you can get the book there, or you can go to Sean and get it for free. If that's a better price for you, she's happy to give it to you.
1: Thank you, Roberta. Um, so as I was saying, that was probably part of my, that, that was my initial work, I think, I had to do with to, to write this book. Um, and it's a book that's written not just by me, obviously, but my son's. And, and spirit, so um, it's meant to be shared with, with anybody that it can help. Uh, so since finishing finishing the book and um, getting it out there, I actually um, put it on my website. Um, let's see, I think it would have been... I've lost a little bit of track of time. I think 2013 on June 21st, which was the second year anniversary of their, their death, I put it on the website and then I recently... Um, Published it or put it onto Amazon in February, so it's just it's out there for whoever it, it can help. Um, and what I've been doing also is with the Imagine Fund, um, trying to promote Sean's um, and Kyle's ideals: peace, love, excellence, and integrity. Those are the things that that they stood for. And so I've been working on different um, projects in the community. The most recent thing is um, a documentary film project that is being created by High Tech High Tula Vista, uh, which is where Sean went. And a number of the students there were, were inspired to do something um, in response to what had happened to Sean and Kyle. And so they're creating a, a documentary film called Beyond the Crossfire, and it addresses the issue of violence in our society and our communities and how to how to really reduce violence. And it's just an impressive project because these these kids and I do call them kids because they are, they're, you know, yeah. 16-year-old kids, they're juniors that are are doing something. They want to make a statement. They want to get out there into the public and talk about these issues. Why is there so much violence occurring? Why are there, you know, the Sandy Hook shooting? Why are there, um, you know, just recently you see Santa Barbara. What is going on? How do we address these issues? Um, And so that's one of the projects we're working on. Um, And I just trust that the right things will come to me.
2: Yeah. Wow. Well, and you have a, a Probably a distance to go, so it may be that it'll be three or five or seven years before this even becomes even clearer to you why it happened um, and what what your real real next steps are. Um, I I think it's important to talk a little bit about life planning. Um, this is this is a tough subject. One of the things that I I don't like everything I learn from studying the afterlife evidence, and this is one of the things that makes me cranky. But it's pretty clear. By a preponderance of the evidence, as we would say in the law it's it 's pretty certain that we most of us almost all of us plan our lives. Um, we plan them with the people who are going to be important in our lives. We plan them before any of us are born, and we come in and we we haven't planned what we 're going to do on each tuesday, but we've we've planned the big events, and certainly things like um, having two boys die in their teens we're told that's almost never ever, random. That's planned by the boys and the families. Um, I swallow hard when I say that because um, a lot of people resist the the thought that that a, a child's death could be planned. But generally, when people die before the age of 20, they're very advanced beings. They don't need to go through perhaps what we all need to in our spiritual growth. And very often, even a child that dies in utero or dies as a baby, Children who die very young they 've come as a gift to the family so that their that their death is part of the gift, part of the growth that comes from that is the reason why they chose to go through the living in a, in a body I, I say this, and I, I I say it with a little hesitancy because um, a mother of whose two out of two of her children um, were murdered. Um, how do you feel about it, Maria? Have you thought about the, the the possibility that this is something that you and they planned?
1: Oh, absolutely, Roberta. I think again, it. I agree with you. It is a hard concept to really um, think about and to accept. Um, but I think conversely, what what would be harder to accept is just the randomness of it.
2: Yeah, I think right. that's
1: a little bit harder. So that's true. Everything that I've Experienced and learned over the last three years, information that I've received from different sources, whether it's from a medium, whether it's something I've read—I've read some good books about soul planning. Um, it resonates with me what you're saying, and in my case, I do believe that this was some sort of a plan. I've the term "contract" has been used yes. um, in my, yeah. and and the first time I heard it, um, ag- again, my I think my human mind wants to say no, it can't be. This is something that uh, never should have happened, um, but intuitively it resonated with me. And then the other thing is that I believe that everything happens exactly the way it's supposed to. And the greatest Mm -hmm. proof of that is that it has happened. How can I say, oh, they never should have been killed, this never should have happened? It has happened. So that's the experience I'm meant to have. And, you know, the reasoning for it um, again I'm not going to know for sure while I'm here I think I have a sense of um, a, a plan and an experience that I'm meant to have here on earth uh, a very difficult human experience but also to learn and to teach others from that so uh, this definitely clearly was not just two young human lives running their course to me there's there's so much more uh, and again I I just have to trust that um, there are things that are significant, that are important. um, And uh, I still have work to do and and learning uh, from this experience. So I I think there's quite a bit to the whole concept of of soul planning. I I, I hadn't, I guess,
2: thought about it the converse way. If it, was just plain tragic that 's even worse than thinking it was planned if it was
1: planned, how hard would it be to accept that
2: yeah yeah you 're right you 're right i yeah. i i 'm sort of too emotional and I need to be more rational you 're absolutely right about that um, but certainly over and over and over, just in my own life i 've seen cases where this is true. I even know of a case where where um, a two and a half year old one of a set of twins died, and then Seems to have come back to the same family after two sisters were born to that family, um, and this is a couple who who needed help conceiving. So, um, and and but they but that last little little boy, he didn't need to be helped. He he just came along on his own, and mm-hmm. I think it was frankly the rebirth of that two and a half year old. Um, it, it, so, I, I mean, all kinds of things happen that that we can't really explain. But the one thing that seems to be pretty certain. Is this this hard fact that um, when when people under the age of about twenty die, they're um, they're always that was always planned, and they're always great beings um, who who don't need to live the whole lifetime.
1: Yes, um, and there's a very specific purpose or reason for that role that they played uh, yes. in the lives of the loved ones. Um, yes. and especially I think like I said earlier is that parents that lose a child is it's a very difficult lesson again that was planned or chosen um, and you wonder like who plans this stuff who wants this well you know it, 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 there's tremendous soul growth that takes place yes. um, and everybody has obviously their own journey and, and, and path and I think for for mine, again, I look at it as, well, this happened to me when I was almost 49 years old. And um, I think, wow, how, why did this happen to me? And I think of, I've started to think of my first 49 years of my life as, as prep, you know, prep yes. For, yes. for the experience that I, I am having.
2: Yep. Yes. Yeah. If, if a life is too sort of easy, it's sort of like going to college, uh, spending all that tuition, you know, because it's hard to be on earth. It's a lot more fun to be in the afterlife levels. So you go through all that and then you basically, uh, don't bother to to go to classes. (laughs) You're just, you're drinking your way through Harvard or something. That's really (laughs) what it would be like not to, not to actually take advantage of the gifts of these hard lessons. Um, but it's still and tough. It is,
1: I, yeah. I agree with you, Roberta. It is a very hard lesson to be on Earth. But by the same token, it is such a privilege and honor for us to be given this opportunity. Yes. And so, when I look at myself, and, and you know, there are times, of course, where I'm going to feel sorry for myself and say, "Well, why do I have to stay here? They got to go, and I don't want to stay here." And I know that um, again, it's it's part of something much bigger than me. The fact that I'm still here. Uh, you know, knowing that uh, certainly th- th- there there are ways for us to take ourselves out of this earth plane. I know that that's not what is meant for me, and so again, I remind myself of the the privilege to have this experience.
2: Yeah, um, I, it, it, one of the things that I, I although you seem pretty advanced to me when I met you two years ago, but I, I think that anyone hearing you talk and knowing what went what you you went through and what you 're still going through um, can see the the fruits of taking the lesson as a gift and using it um, for what you can get from it and i mean obviously you 're triumphing in ways that I would find hard to imagine I could do, but again, we don't know till we have that choice. Um, I, I, again, Maria will be at the conference in July, July 10th to 13th, 2014. She's one of the presenters. It's about new developments in afterlife communication, and you'll learn a lot more about how she is now having one-on-one experiences with her children. No medium involved. Um, and can, can continue to do this. I, we, we assume for the rest of their lives. Eternally, until she gets there and joins them. Uh, so there's no separation anymore between this mother and her children, which is glorious. And meanwhile, she has her own voyage here. Um, tell us again the title of your book, which is a
1: mouthful: Journey to the Upper Realm, How I Survived the death of My Son, and Learn to Communicate with Them on the Other Side.
2: Her name is Maria Pay, P-E, it's available on Amazon, or you can go to Charlotte, Sean and, Kyle, Imagine and hear John Lennon sing, and you can get the book for free. And again, the, a reason to go there is to see the pictures of your beautiful children. Um, the, the This kind of experience that Maria is having is going to be more and more common over the next five, ten years as more and more people come to understand that it's possible um, to have one-on-one real experiences with people we used to think were dead. Um, we, it's possible to keep that relationship going eternally. Um, I have a book coming out in August called um, The Fun of Staying in Touch, which is a sequel to the fun, of, the fun of Dying. And The Fun of Staying in Touch is about things like what Maria is able to do with her sons. I, I have just been learning all the different ways in which we can stay in touch forever with our with our loved ones. And I'm just trying to have as many people as possible know what's possible because it changes everything. Don't you find that's true, Maria? It changes everything when you know that they're there and they're fine and the relationship goes on.
1: Absolutely. And I think one of the benefits, uh, Roberta, that I never thought I would would be able to say is that I I like the fact that I don't have to worry about them anymore. You know, they worry about me, I think, for the struggles, yes. human struggles of being here on Earth <laughs> right. plane. But right. they're not here right. on Earth plane anymore, so I don't worry about them.
2: They're only having fun, right.
1: Yeah, that's, that's an aspect that I never thought I would see, but absolutely, it, it does. It changes everything about how you approach life and how you interact with, with other people.
2: Well that's a, that's a wonderful sort of way to to wrap this up. It's been really fun having Maria pay as part of our our journey here um on Seek Reality. Maria is is exactly what this kind of voyage is about where we, when we're given something difficult, we need to rise above it and part of of being able to do that that is understanding what reality actually is. I'm Roberta Grimes. My books are The Fun of Dying, Find Out What Really Happens Next, and Four Novels, and as I said, The Fun of Staying in Touch will come out in August. Um, Just briefly, my letter novels are going to be coming out over the next 10 years, and they are about what I've learned in studying the afterlife and how we can use that to perhaps make human life finally work. Um, I've learned things about human nature and about the nature of reality, which anybody could who does the same research will come to the same conclusions. Uh, but what I've done what I, the research I've done suggests to me that the things we are doing in society actually cause the problems that led to tragedies like the loss of Maria's sons. The, the, the work those boys are doing, the sixteen year old or, or boys and girls, that, that, that the boys have inspired at that high school, um, I think I know what the answer is, and I talk about it in those novels. Letter from Freedom, Letter from Money, and then the third one is Letter from Wonder. out of There will be seven eventually, and Letter from Wonder is out in the fall. Go to RobertaGrimes.com for more details. We've been talking about with Maria Pei, and now next week we're going to talk with Karen Herrick more about the conference. She's president of the Academy for Spiritual and Consciousness Studies, and we'll talk more about that conference. It's going to be fantastic. This will be one for the ages. I hope you can join us. Go to ASCSI.org for more information. And now go out and make the most of this coming week in our one reality, knowing that you are an eternal being and you are infinitely loved.
0: You've been listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about your eternal life. To learn more, tune in every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. For lively and positive discussions, visit www.afterlifeforums.com. To contact Roberta, email her at roberta at seekreality.com. Wishing you a productive week empowered by the truth of who you really are.